السلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل لقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Lord, our Creator, the Creator of the universe and everything that exists, our nourisher, our sustainer, our protector. And we begin by sending peace and salutations upon His beloved and final messenger, Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wasallam. As you know, the federal election was on Monday and on election night, after the results have come in, there is a lot of attention that is paid to the leader's speeches. For the winner, it's the victory speech, and for the others, it's the concession speech. And there's a certain tone that the leaders try to strike. You know, they want to be positive, they want to be optimistic, they want to sound grateful, but also confident. Now, one of the traits that many of us, many people, look for in their leaders is humility. What is it? It's humility. And in Islam, Humility is not a trait that should only be found in leaders, though it is emphasized for leadership. Now, the reality is, my brothers and sisters, that we are all leaders in our own way. And if we are not now, then at some point, we will be finding ourselves in a position of leadership, most likely. As the Prophet ﷺ has told us, that, that كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ right? That each of you is the shepherd of a flock and is going to be asked and be questioned about their flock. So this is very relevant for all of us. This is a trait that we need to introduce ourselves to, remind ourselves about, and try to work on to make it grow inside of us. My brothers and sisters, we find humility, especially in the beautiful example of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَاخْفِضْ جَنَاحَكَ لِمَنِ اتَّبَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And lower your wing. وَاخْفِضْ جَنَاحَكَ right? Lower your wing. What does that mean? To lower one's wing. Meaning, be humble and show kindness, right? Because when we have wings, right, we have something that makes us feel like, or may feel, make us feel like, we can fly, we can go above, we can rise, so we lower that wing, right? So to be humble and show kindness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet wasallam, and lower your wing to those who follow you from the believers. So show extra humbleness and kindness towards them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said, وَلَا تُسَعِّرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَاحًا 
And turn not, turn not your face away from people with pride. And do not turn away your face from people with pride. Nor walk in insolence through the earth. Verily Allah likes not each arrogant boaster. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, dislikes those who are arrogant and boastful. So my brothers and sisters, this, this trait of humility is a very important quality. Because it is the opposite of conceitful pride and arrogance. It is the opposite of conceitful pride and arrogance. A person who has humility inside of them, a person who is at their core humble, who has humility, cannot be a person who has conceitful pride and arrogance. Because they are opposites. They don't go together. And this conceitful pride and arrogance, this kibr, has been repeatedly been described as one of the traits of the stubborn rejectors of the truth. The stubborn rejectors of the truth, the stubborn disbelievers, many times they know or they knew in the examples that we find in the Quran and the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, they knew the truth, but their pride, what was it? It was their pride and their arrogance which acted like a wall between them, a barrier between them and the truth. They recognized it, they knew. Rationally, logically, they knew that the truth was facing them. They realized it. But they did not want to believe. Why? Because of their arrogance and their pride. A person who is stuck in pride and arrogance is not willing to understand that there is more to learn and that there are many ways in which they can improve themselves. A person that is stuck in arrogance and pride who doesn't have humility... They don't want to learn because they feel like they already know everything. They're already the best. They are better than everyone else. Right? So they have this ego and have this attitude that prevents them from learning and prevents them from improving themselves in good ways. They're stuck in the now. So there's no desire to continue to seek the truth, to learn more, to work on improving themselves, which are, by the way, major impediments to worldly and spiritual success. Major impediment to worldly success as well as, of course, spiritual success as well. Now, one of the clearest examples of humility is that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I mean like practically, visibly, would sit in the masjid with his companions. And if a stranger walked in, a visitor came to the masjid, he wouldn't know who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was until he asked, which one of you is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ was sitting in a gathering, people wouldn't know. Right? Stranger came, Bedouin came, you know, somebody came who hadn't met and seen the Prophet. ﷺ. So they would actually have to ask, like which of one of you is Muhammad? ﷺ. There's another incident where the Prophet ﷺ was traveling and he comes across another group of Muslims. And they, they cross each other, each other's paths. And he asks, Who are you? And they also ask him, Who are you? Right? So they actually were not able to tell that he was actually the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And this is because he would not sit, he would not dress or be treated in a way that would distinguish him from the people. Right? Like in a, in a boastful or like a, a special way. Unlike the way the leaders and famous people are often treated or as they behave when they're with people. 
Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered upon me so I gave him a pillow to sit on made out of skin and filled with date palm fiber. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam refused to sit on it. Right? So out of, you know, out of courtesy, out of respect, he gave him a pillow, a cushion to sit on. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam refused to sit on it and chose to sit on the bare ground instead. And he left the cushion between me and, or between him and myself. Right? So it's not something that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam craved or wanted. And even when someone offered it to him, you know, one is, okay, you don't want it, but you sort of hope that someone offers it to you. You know, so, you know, they show some honor and some respect, so you would enjoy that. But the Prophet sallallahu had nothing like that in his personality. Right? Even when he was offered, he put it aside. Aisha radiallahu anha was asked, what did the Prophet sallallahu used to do when he was in the privacy of his home? Right? Because what was happening in, the, in public that was apparent to all of the companions? Right, who were around. But they wanted to know, right, this questioner wanted to know from Aisha radiallahu anha that when the Prophet was in his home, right, what did he do then? So she replied, he used to be in the service of his family. He used to be in the service of his family. He used to repair his sandals and he would sew and patch his own clothes and he would milk the sheep. Right, so that was the the how the Prophet ﷺ was like at home. So this is, you know, genuine humility. This is not for show, right? So that, okay, when I'm outside, I have to act a certain way. I have a certain persona in front of my team, in front of my class, in front of my, you know, my community, and in front of my people. But then when, you know, when I go away then, or when I'm in, you know, in private, then I act differently, right? But no, the Prophet ﷺ was the same in private and in public as well. So this was genuine humility, it was not for show. Now my brothers and sisters, the first benefit of exercising humility is the ability to recognize our true worth in the world and especially in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you know a lot of times what happens is in our minds we think that, or we might think that we are very important. You might think that we are very important, right? Because of a role that we have, because of a position that we have, perhaps because of the degrees that we have, or the amount of money or influence that we have, or the fame that we have, right? Different things that, that may make us feel like we are very important, right? But when we have humility, right, and we start reflecting from that perspective, it helps us realize that we're just a tiny, minuscule part of this universe. And in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are even more so, more minuscule, and more insignificant in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And by understanding this, we can truly get on the path of true submission to Allah, turning to Allah with utmost humility and dependence on Him. Right? Sometimes, al-ayyad billah, you know, people start talking as if they are equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? It happens. People ask questions, and there's nothing wrong with asking genuine, sincere questions. Right? People would come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa There's many stories, you know, of a Bedouin walks in. And, you know, they were known to be people who perhaps didn't have the best of manners. It's not a generalization. But, you know, at that time, that was something that was noted. 
and um, you know sometimes they would act in ways which were inappropriate. They would ask questions perhaps that were inappropriate, but they were sincere and they were genuine, right? So there's nothing wrong with sincere and genuine questions. But when a person is trying to, um, you know, is asking a question uh, without sincerity or with arrogance, and sometimes people do that and they start, like I said, they start talking as if they are, they are equal to Allah subhanahu wa taala, questioning the wisdom, which questioning the decisions, the commands, the guidance of Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Right? So, to truly get to understand and truly get to be on the path of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turning to Allah with utmost humility and dependence upon Him, so that we feel it when we worship. So that we feel something when we worship. Right? And a lot of times we, we get detached from this idea Right or from from this 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 reality of feeling our worship, right? It becomes routine, it becomes movements, it becomes things that we recite and we say, which alhamdulillah is better than not doing it, of course. So we should still do it if we are at that level. But it becomes detached from the notion that there should be some feeling attached to our presence in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially, especially in specific acts of worship like salah. Now among the key benefits of humility, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَا تَوَادَعَ أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ And no one humbles themselves seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, except that Allah the Exalted will raise their rank. Right? And we see this with certain things, right? Actually, it's a longer hadith, but for example, and, and part of the hadith also is um, right? That charity will not diminish a person's wealth, right? Will not take away from a person's wealth. So we find this that, you know, it's things that conventional wisdom would tell us that they are reality. So for example, when someone spends in charity, your bank account goes lower, right? It's a debit, it's not a credit, right? It goes down, right? You see it, go away. But the Prophet ﷺ told us that no, it's not actually going to take away from your wealth. So he challenges conventional wisdom. And here as well, you know, no one humbles themselves seeking the pleasure of Allah except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise their rank. You think that a person who humbles themselves they would be seen as lowly in the people's eyes. That they will not be respected, right? They will be not cared about. People will trample upon them. People will, you know, disregard them because they're humbling themselves. But no, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ اللَّهِ Except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise their rank. And we understand this in two ways. The scholars explain this in two ways. The first is that He subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise that person in status in this world. In this world and give them status in people's hearts because of their humility for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not for show. And we've got to be careful, right? That we're not being, trying to act humble, um, you know, just to show to people so that, oh, it's a great trait, and then people are going to start loving me if I'm, you know, if I'm acting humble. But no, if we are truly humble for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give that person a high status in people's eyes in this life, in this world. And second understanding or explanation from the scholars is that the person's reward is in the hereafter, where their status will be raised because of their humility in this world. Right? So that person that is, you know, sort of like an afterthought a lot of times, who, you know, maybe isn't around the masjid, is maybe picking up stuff, is just sort of a humble, sort of miskeen person, 
whether in the masjid or anywhere else in the community, right? And you think, okay, well, that's just someone, you know, alhamdulillah, but like, okay, nobody really, you know, gives much thought to what they say, what they think, or to their presence, it's not really noticed, you know, it's sort of like an afterthought. Perhaps that person will be higher than everyone else in Jannah on the Day of Judgment because of their humility, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise them um, in the hereafter, if not in this world. The Prophet ﷺ also said that Allah has revealed to me that you should humble yourselves to one another. إن الله أوحى إلي أن تواضعوا حتى لا يفخر أحد على أحد. You should humble yourselves to one another. One should neither hold himself above another, nor transgress. ولا يبغي أحد على أحد. Nor transgress against another. And we learn a lesson from Sayyidina Umar رضي الله عنه that Urwa ibn Zubayr رضي الله عنه said, I saw Umar. Carrying a large leather water canteen on his shoulder. And I said to him, O Amirul Mu'mineen, O leader of the faithful of the believers, you shouldn't be carrying that. You know, he's the head of state. He's carrying a large leather water canteen on his shoulders. It's heavy. You know, it's something that you know a servant would do or, or you know a worker would do. So Umar radiallahu anhu replies by saying. A delegation came to Medina. Listen to this. A delegation came to Medina. And I saw their obedience to me. Because they were obedient to Amir al-Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. So he says, a delegation came to Medina. And I saw their obedience to me. And some conceit entered into my heart. Some conceit entered into my heart. Meaning a little bit of you know, a, a thought, a, a feeling of arrogance or, or of being you know, a little bit conceitfully pride entered my heart. And I wanted to destroy it. And I wanted to destroy it. So every, you know, everyone knows the strong personality of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. Yet when a small and minute amount you know, of, of pride entered into his heart, he hurried, he hurried in an attempt to destroy it before it actually ended up destroying him. So what we learn, my brothers and sisters, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves humility because it is conducive to submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is the opposite of arrogance and pride, which are the traits of those who are the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was filled with humility, and this was evident in all of his actions. It is an essential trait of true success, worldly success, and especially spiritual success. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us that humility will raise a person's rank either in this world or in the hereafter or both. So my brothers and sisters, let us be conscious of our behavior. Right? Sometimes we may not be intending it, but it may be coming across in a different way. So think about how we, let us think about how we behave and how it comes across because perception does matter and perception is important. Let us actively work towards increasing our humility for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by serving others, especially when we may get feelings of being conceitfully prideful or being arrogant. And, um, you know, according to the Harvard Business Review, right, the best leaders are humble leaders. And like I said, we are all leaders in our own ways. It is not a trait that should only be found in leaders, but so let us take an opportunity to reflect and check our feelings and our actions in this regard. Ya Rabbal Alameen, Ya Allah, grant me sincere humility. Ya Allah, please purify our hearts. Protect us all from arrogance and conceitful pride. 
make us among those who rise in this world and the hereafter because of their sincere humility. Ya Rabbal Alameen, please cure all of our brothers and sisters who are ill, whether physically ill or mentally ill or emotionally ill. O oh Allah, grant them relief and a complete and speedy recovery. Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen. Ya Allah, please grant ease to all of those who are in difficulty, who are facing stress and anxiety and other troubles. Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen. So we were pleased to uh, welcome uh, our new member of parliament, uh, who is no stranger to us, uh, Jenna says, for a few words. Excellent. Thank you. as Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be here with you today again. Um, I've really enjoyed the opportunity to speak with so many of you over the last uh, few weeks, but in the last few years as well in my past capacity. I want to thank you for your support. Uh, if you supported me in the election or not, I am really excited to have the opportunity to serve you. I know throughout the campaign I heard the issues that are important and that are top of mind particularly in your community. And I have committed, I know when we, we did our, uh, our Zoom meeting, that I look forward to being able to host a forum where we can talk about those issues in more detail and working on your behalf. Uh, I'm also excited to have the opportunity to speak with the National Council of Canadian Muslims and get more involved there to learn deeper uh, what the issues are. Um, I know Islamophobia is top of mind. I know Bill C-21, of course, is top of mind. Immigration issues, top of mind. So I look forward to working on these issues. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you and working on your behalf in the coming months and years. And I appreciate your support. Uh, so please never hesitate to reach out. I'll be a few more weeks before I get established, but I do look forward to hearing from you, to helping you, and to working with you uh, into the future. So my sincere thanks. Thank you. On behalf of all of us, uh, congratulations. Um, and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, many times uh, or through your, through your time in Parliament. Thank you. Thank you.